Good morning, Poplar Springs. This is the largest crowd we've had in a long time. It's so good to see all of you, all of your eyes at least, maybe not your whole faces, but your eyes. Uh, We have several announcements for you on this Easter Sunday. The first is a reminder that the church office is closed tomorrow on Easter Monday. Wednesday night adult Bible study is still happening this week, and this week starts a new nine-week series led by Catherine Assis on Revelation. So that starts this week. That's a six o'clock in the small dining room. Uh, We won't have normal youth activities this week, but for the first time in over a year, we are going to play Ultimate Frisbee. Um, At 5.30 at Gardner-Webb, we'll send out a text. We are still following all of the appropriate guidelines, so please do bring a mask. Caswell money is due today, so if you are here and you have your money, if you'll see me after church, if you don't have it today or you aren't here today, please do try to stop by this week or let me know how I can meet you to get that money from you. Camp Horizon forms. If you're planning to send your rising second through rising sixth grader to Camp Horizon, we have some forms out this door in the hallway. After spring break, those will go out to the elementary schools. So um, this is your last week to get signed up before we open it up to anybody. This weekend is our dress drive. We know a lot of schools might not be having regular proms, but people will still be finding ways to dress up and celebrate. Um, And so we will be having our annual dress drive. We need some volunteers, though. So if you are around, you can be youth, you can be an adult, but if you could help on Thursday from 12 to 3, setting up. We have to set up the metal hangers where we hang all of the dresses and hang up hundreds and hundreds of dresses. So if you could be someone who could help us hang hundreds and hundreds of dresses on Thursday, if you'll let me know, or if you have my sister's contact, she's in charge. Um, Saturday from 9 to 3 is when the dress drive will be. So people will be allowed to come in and, and look through the dresses. So if you would be interested in hanging out at that time, she's taking volunteers. And then Saturday from 3 to 5, we will have to put up hundreds and hundreds of dresses. So you, if you can pull hang or pull dresses off of the hangers and put them in the boxes, we also need several people who could help us do that. So if you'll let me know or let my sister know, that's this Thursday and Saturday. And last, um, Commitment Sunday, we've been talking about that for several weeks, but on April 18th, we're going to have a day where you have a chance to be baptized, if that's something, a decision you'd like to make over this last year, or if you'd like to join the church. And we have heard from so many people. Several people are going to be baptized, and we have so many families that want to join, and it's not too late. So if you would like to join um, with us on that Sunday, we can let you know how that will look different, and we can get you signed up. Those are all of the announcements for today. Our handbell choir is going to play for us, and so while they do, if you will take time to prepare yourselves for our worship and our Easter celebration today.
I have to take the mask off before I put my glasses on. I don't know what it is about it today, but every breath I took, it was fogging up my glasses. There is a large, large crowd here today. It's good to see everybody. Happy Easter. Um, I am Phil Piercy, and I am the Deacon of the Week, and my number is not in the bulletin, but most people here know who I am. I, the church directory my cell phone number is in the church directory and if I can be of any help to any of you please feel free to reach out and call me and or call your deacon and uh, I've got some some prayer concerns but before I, I read those um, I was thinking about the last time I was up here and that was the Sunday before Christmas and I was thinking about this yesterday where has where the last three months gone? It's just flown by. And I was thinking about the, the uh, 
birth of Jesus, and, and here we are over three months later talking about the resurrection of Jesus. And I don't know how many um, have really thought about what this day is and this morning was and is. But as the pastor comes and speaks today, I would encourage myself and, and everybody here to think about what this day truly is and not only what it is today but what it is every day and not just his death but him coming back again and the promise of eternal life and please today think about that Um, Charlie Howe, um, Eli Wesson, these are prayer requests. Uh, Joel Mills, uh, this is Catherine Francis' brother. Susan Morrison, um, we had asked that, that uh, some weeks back that, uh, to, pray, to pray for David Morrison uh, they lived up in Elkin and he had a real tough bout with cancer and uh, he passed away and it was a close-knit family so if, if you all would even though they're not members of this church if you'd remember Susan Morrison and her family um, another uh, couple that live in the community here that is struggling the husband is struggling with COVID is, is uh, Gary and Bonnie Pearson and he's having a pretty tough time with COVID uh, right now. Um, let's not forget, and, and, and sadly, this list just continues to grow. Um, Georgia, Colorado, California, the police officer that was ran over in the assault again at the Capitol here last week. Uh, all of those families, all those people, uh, let's continue to pray for them, even though we personally don't know these people. They're, they're still people. And uh, I'm sure a number of those people are Christians, if not all of them. And so let's, let's not forget those people. Um, as I close out in a prayer again this morning, this, let's think about Easter. And, you know, I, I was thinking about this again yesterday. Um... Christmas, there's normally a lot of people in church. Easter, there's normally maybe as many or even more in church. And so let's keep in our hearts and our minds all through the year what happens on these two dates. Lord, as we come to you in prayer this morning, let us set our hearts right. Let us think about the transaction of your birth. And let us think about the transaction of your death. And then the transaction of your, your resurrection and you coming back for us and dying for us.
Thank you for that. Thank you for paving the way for us and, and moving forward and giving us that opportunity to, to be saved and, and have eternal life. Please take these prayer requests, the spoken ones, the unspoken ones. Lay your hand on these folks. You know the needs. Be with the pastor as he brings the message today that we'll all have open minds, open hearts, and leave this place today celebrating in what you've done for us. All these things I ask in Christ's name. Amen. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know my Redeemer lives. I know.
Good morning. Y'all look good out there. I have one prayer concern I want to share with you this morning. I've neglected to share that with you, Phil. I'll be praying for Keith Dixon. Keith's dad broke his leg this weekend, and Keith's in Charleston doing a wedding and had to preach this morning. So he's had a crazy weekend. So was, uh, I hope he's okay, he and Mary Ruth. So will be praying for them this morning. Folks, are you glad to be here today? I'm glad to be here. I mean, uh, I'm boring on obnoxious this morning because I've been, I'm kind of happy. I love Easter morning, and I, I get kind of crazy, so y'all just bear with me if I do get too, too far out there. So just hang in there today, so we're going to have a great time. The scripture I want to share with you this morning comes from uh, John 21, verses 1 through 14. John 21, verses 1 through 14. Let me share that with you this morning. Afterward, Jesus appeared to his disciples again by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go too. I always liked that part, because Simon Peter probably wanted to be by himself. So they went out and got in the boat, and that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He called out to them. Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your nets on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. When the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciple followed in the boat towing a net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about 100 yards. When they landed, they saw a fire on burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. The third time. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the appearance of Jesus. As we think about it, this was the third time he appeared to them, but it seems like this time they got it. They understood. Help us to understand quicker than that that you are alive today, and we can celebrate today and enjoy this wonderful time of celebration. Father, be in our midst. We know you're here. And I pray, God, that we'll acknowledge our midst, your, your presence with us, that we will worship you today because of the greatness of your resurrection. It's a wonderful day. Thank you in the name of Christ. Amen. You've heard the saying probably many times before, and I don't know exactly what it means, but it means something. The third time's the charm. The third time's the charm. There seems to be some significance about the number three in a number of different situations. Often we'll joke about a sermon and say it's three points and a poem. Three points and a poem. Many times when I give a talk, I like to find three examples. I don't feel complete unless I give three examples. And usually the third example is kind of questionable, so, you know, we need to worry about that a little bit. Obviously there's the Trinity. The Trinity, that's three. Three and one, one and three, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So there's something to three, and I don't know, I haven't done my research on that, but there's something to it. It seems in our scripture today that Jesus was, as the living Savior of the world, was accepted as the living Savior of the world on this third time. They'd seen him other times, but this is the time when they seem to make the connection. Jesus is alive. He's alive. It seems in our scripture today that Jesus was accepted at that time. Proving in this case that the third time was the charm. 
The third time was the charm. Verse 14. Now this was the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. So we need to remember that. Let's see what made this post-resurrection visit so special. Let's look at that for a few moments. One, they weren't catching any fish. How many fishermen do we have here? Okay, we've got two, so that's good. Fishermen, or fisherwomen, I need to ask that. You know, my grandmother taught me how to fish. She told me, she would say, you get that worm and you put it on there and you thread it on there. She said, Andy, I'm not going to it for you this time. But my grandmother taught me how to fish. And she was a serious fisherman. But how many, if you think about fishing, there's nothing worse than when they're not biting. But sometimes I don't mind when they're not biting if the weather's beautiful and it's nice out there. But they weren't catching any fish. They were disappointed people. They were disappointed, especially Peter. He was one who was returning to the comfortable stuff. The comfortable stuff, the stuff he knew what it was all about, the comforting task. As he informed the others, I'm going fishing. I love the way that sounds in the scripture. I'm going fishing. Have you ever thought about that in your own life? Things are going kind of rough. I think I just need to go fishing. Maybe you haven't. But I have. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. It's time to go fishing. He informed the others that he was going there. It was familiar to him. It was something he was familiar with. After all that had happened, it felt familiar and it felt good. A lot had happened to Peter. It had been a difficult week for him. And to be truthful with you, in my opinion, fishing always feels good, especially when they're biting. And make it even better, Peter was going night fishing. Night fishing, folks. Now, I'm scared to ask this question. you ever go night fishing? That's great. That's great. I love to go night fishing. What you do is you go, you put the night crawler on the, on the hook, and you go lay it on the bottom, and you just wait for the catfish to bite. It's great. It was night fishing. They weren't fishing that way. They were using a net, not a night crawler, on a hook. But the relax, relaxation factor there was a possibility. It was relaxing for him. Peter needed to get away. Peter needed to get away. He may have been disappointed when the others said, we're going too. We're going too. He may have wanted a little bit of Simon time. May have needed some Simon time to be by, there by himself, just to think a little bit, because a lot had happened over this last little bit. He'd done a bit, quite a bit recently. The biggest event in his life at the time, he had betrayed his friend. He had betrayed Jesus. He had betrayed, even when he said, no, everyone else may, but I won't. I won't betray him. I'll be there with you, Jesus. He had discovered, he had discovered his true colors, who he was and what he was about. He was a coward. He betrayed, betrayed Jesus. He wasn't the loyal friend, the powerful leader. He wasn't the courageous defender that he thought he was. He was, defeated, he was a defeated disciple. He was defeated. And we've all been there before. When we felt like a defeated disciple, we've been there before. Chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Canaan and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. They caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. Jesus appeared during a time of disappointment. During a time of disappointment and despair. He often does. Have you discovered Jesus in the times of disappointment and despair before? Have you discovered him? He shows up. He shows up during those times when we're disappointed, when we're on the lowest rung of the ladder. He seems to show up. He's there. The second thing we need to realize is that his appearance was unexpected. He always appears when it's unexpected. 
Jesus called out to them from the shoreline. Hey, y'all catching anything? I put the southern terminology in his mouth there. Hey, y'all catching anything? They responded probably in a less than enthusiastic tone by saying, nothing, nothing. That's fisherman talk. When you're not catching anything, nothing. Throw your nets on the right side of the boat, he said, and you'll catch some fish. They probably thought this. Now, I'm putting words in their mouth. They probably thought, armchair fisherman. What does he know about fishing? Who is this guy? Needs to mind his own business. But they did just that. They did just that. And they caught so many fish that they couldn't get the field net into the boat. They couldn't get it there. It was so full. The image that came to mind for me was an exaggerated one. I read Our State Magazine. I love Our State Magazine. There's so many different good stories there. Have you, do you read that every once in a while? And they had a, I don't know what, I, I think down east they call them the Manhattan, Man, Shad. Shad. And they had a story on shad fishermen and how it took, it took hundreds of people to catch all the shad out there when they, back in the old days, back at the turn of the century, to get out there and catch all the shad. That's the image that comes to mind of these giant nets, pull them in with all the fish. That's the image that comes to mind. I love William Barclay. He's one of my favorite theologians, but I part ways with him at times. Sometimes you part ways with our folks many times if you, if you read. He's still my hero, though. I love him. He seems to discount the miracle. He seems to discount the miracle, saying that Jesus was observant. He could see, and he knew the river. He knew, he knew, he knew the Sea of Tiberias. He knew the, the, the sea there, and he was observant, and he saw the fish over there and told him to cast over there. In other words, he would have been qualified to be a, a paid guide for Sea of Tiberias guides tours. On the other side, I've decided that this is a full-fledged miracle. It was a miracle, I believe. In my experience, there do seem to be times when fish or some other reason decide to bite. I don't know why. It's a great and unexplainable experience. But in this case, it's a miracle. The fish that came about. Whether they think about it or not. Whether Jesus saw the fish or created them. What matters is that Jesus is recognized. Jesus is recognized in this situation. He recognized who he is. The scripture says, Then the disciple that Jesus loved, this is most often assumed to be John, said to Peter, It's the Lord. It's the Lord. It's Jesus. But you'll remember John was the first to believe at the empty tomb. He was the first to believe at the empty tomb, so it's not unusual that he was the first to recognize Jesus from the fishing boat. He was the first to recognize Jesus. Jesus was recognizing an unexpected time. An unexpected time. They're out for a night of fishing. Relaxing maybe, but most likely they were just going back to work. They were probably just going back to work. And Jesus showed up up on the shore telling them how to fish. Jesus has a way of being recognized at the most unexpected times. Three, you're going to like this, Baptist. They were eating. They were eating. Jesus was recognized as they were eating together, as they ate together. They landed on the shore. They saw a bed of burning coals with the fish and bread on it. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you've caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the fish ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask who he was. They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came. He took the bread and gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. That sounds very communion-like, doesn't it? Sounds a whole lot like communion as he served the disciples. In this time, in this time of sharing, in this communion with the Savior, and in fellowship with other believers, Jesus was recognized. 
in fellowship with Jesus and in fellowship with other believers, he's recognized. There's no need to ask, is that you, Jesus? There's no need to ask that. They knew he was there. Kind of calls to mind the song. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. There are times when we gather together, whether it's eating or just meeting. We're Baptists, we like to eat. We know the presence of the Lord is there. When we gather as his people, when we gather as his people, one or two are gathered in his name. We know Jesus is there in our midst. We need to recognize that, that he's there. And no need to ask, are you there, Jesus? Because he's there. He's there. You're assured of his presence. There's a shared peace. A shared peace. A shared vision. Shared goodwill. Folks, we've got goodwill in this church. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. There's a shared goodwill. And food never hurts anything. We kid about that a lot. We always make fun of those eating Baptists. My friend at our yearly, Darren and Brooke, Darren and Brooke Aldrich concert, always shares with me. He said, "We're free, we're hold on, free meal Baptists." He always talks about free meal Baptists and he laughs about it. There's nothing wrong with a meal. It's great that we get together to eat. If you look at the early church, they ate a lot together. It talks about them gathered to eat. Now, I don't think they had ham, biscuits, and potato salad, but they had food together. Eating together was a form of intimacy, closeness, fellowship, goodwill among the people, and closeness to God in Christ. It's the closest that matters. A genuine Christ-centered fellowship came about on the seaside. No need to ask if Jesus was there because they were there in fellowship and in goodwill together. Jesus is recognized when the fellowship is sweet, when the goodwill is genuine, and the love is sincere. Experience Christ in fellowship. Experience Christ in fellowship. And the third time is the charm. The third time is the charm. Verse 14, this was the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. The third time. I think I said it earlier. I don't know if three means anything or not. It probably does if you do your research. If I did my research, but one point, that's the point I'm not ready to defend today. But these, these things do come to mind as I look at this passage. Some things do come to mind that we need to point out. Jesus shows up during our times of disappointment. Have you been disappointed lately? Folks, well, this is a great church. You've never been disappointed lately. We're all happy. Well, I've been disappointed lately. But Jesus shows up. He shows up, and he's there, and he makes his presence known. Like Peter, we're often disappointed in ourselves, in something we've done or something we've said, or some act we performed in, in public for people to see us and embarrass ourselves. When I had kids, I embarrassed myself on a weekly basis. You know, there's nothing like being at a snack shop and say, get over here, kids, right now. Oh, hey. We get caught being human sometimes, disappointed in ourselves. We're convicted. Have you, experienced, have you ever experienced conviction? That conviction of the heart that says, you've messed up. You've messed up. We feel as if we're damaged goods permanently. We're damaged goods. Jesus shows up and says, I love you still. I want to be in fellowship with you. He still shows up. He doesn't say, you're written off. I'm done with you. He shows up during times of disappointment. He shows up when we least expect him. We at least expect him. Whether on dry land or on a boat, he shows up. Expect him to show up. He's going to show up in your time of need or just in your special time of fellowship. He'll show up. 
Which brings us to the third lesson learned. He shows up in fellowship with his followers. He shows up in fellowship with his followers. When they're in fellowship with one another. Sweet fellowship with one another. Jesus is here. He's there. We're in fellowship with one another. These, all these things point to one main point that we need to think about today. It's all about the relationship we have in Christ. It's all about the relationship, how important relationship is. The important question this morning is this. Do you have a relationship with Christ? Do you have a relationship with him? Is he the Lord of your life? Is he your friend? He's more than a rescuer from disappointment. He's more than that. He's more than the surprise guests at our church functions. He's more than the head cook at the church fish fry. He's more than that. He is Jesus Christ, the risen Savior. Folks, smile. I can't see you smile. Pull your mask down and just grin. Balcony. The risen Savior lives today. He lives today. I hope you recognize him when he speaks in your life. I hope you recognize that. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for this wonderful Easter Sunday, a time when we can celebrate the rebirth of our Lord and Savior, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's a great day. Father, I pray that we'll celebrate all day long, that we'll eat with our family and friends, that we'll take time to remember what Jesus did for us in his sacrifice, but also to remember that he came back to life again and he lives now today. And Father, I pray that we'll live for him now, each and every day. Thank you for those who have joined us today, whether on the computer or whether in person. I'm thankful that we can fellowship together today, and we know that you're in our presence. Father, thank you for worship, and we worship you today. If there's someone here today who does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I pray that they'll make that decision today. I pray that they'll decide to follow him, to follow you. If there's someone who's not living for Christ today, I pray that they might make that decision. Or someone who's just looking for a church home, I pray that they might make that decision today. Whatever response we need to make, Father, I pray that you'll speak to us today. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen.
usually we have sung and you've stood and you've not stood all morning. Would you stand as we conclude our service this morning? And as we prepare to depart and as we pray together, I'm going to ask that you keep your eyes open and turn your focus to the cross. And would you join me as we pray together? God, we thank you for this Easter Sunday. And we thank you that the grave did not have the final word. And God, God, because of Christ's resurrection, we too will rise to be with you. God, as we move from this Easter Sunday, may we strive to live each and every day a little like Easter. With the same joy and the same hope that we experience today because of your son, Jesus. He is risen. We're going to try that one more time. Let's go out on a good note. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Happy Easter. Amen.